Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome everybody to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 100 and why, oh, that's why we're not showing up, <laughs> 162, I believe, and there we are. There we go, click the button, Klaus. I forgot to pop out the, the Discord video, so there we go, now we're in there. This is what happens when, when we uh, were too busy trying to troll Sarah uh, pre-show. This is why you need to tune in live at twitch.tv slash Radio when we do the show. Hear these people be horrifying, horrifying straight bachelors. <laughs> I'm your host, Plus oh. Nightbringer. Joining me is the birthday boy, Sarah Timono. Happy birthday, Sarah. Oh, thank you. And how have you been, uh, sir? Uh, not too bad. Like, today was a pretty quiet day, but most of the stuff that I'm planning to actually do is on the weekend. Some friends are doing a beach bonfire, and they made a cake for me and the like, so I'm looking forward to that. Very nice. Also... Nothing can be worse than uh, the one I had two years ago because my birthday was the day that everything closed down in 2020. <sighs> it is going to be hard to be worse than that. Not impossible, and I do not want the universe to attempt to prove it, but difficult. Well, it can't be all that bad. You get to spend it with us. Yeah. Here doing a podcast. We're going to be playing some video games a little later on in the show. A little Chocobo GP, which was just released uh end of last week i believe and, sounds about right um we have some uh a lot of game and community news to talk about um but first i want to say a huge thank you to our patreon producers nick nar aurori and tibiant um what have you been up to otherwise in, since the last episode sarah um trying to remember like honestly part of it is that for uh the library uh we went back to my department went back to in-person stuff so everything's just been kind of a blur from that mm. i am not actually sure the last time i logged into ff14 oh really yeah there's just been a lot happening it turns out that when you're full-time they expect you to work like every day how dare they the worst completely unreasonable <laughs> and then there's me who, who just you know up uh, a couple weeks ago just started working with the majority of time from home again so that's kind of nice in fact oh. I, I got to oh. work today from home um even though you know i have the next two days off because i'll be going to anime detour tomorrow i am Ooh. so excited um i have been waiting to go to con for three years and it's just it been been such a long time for all of this mm -hmm. unfortunately i learned that one of my favorite things about detour the con suite is going to be closed but for good reason you know they because of the the whole covid still a thing and they, there's still mandates in place um they need to be very careful when it comes to um you know public um spreads of food and things like that so oh man you thought con crud was bad before right but I mean, we're going extra prepared this year. I'm, we're bringing lots of vitamin C. We're bringing um, hand sanitizer, masks, bringing uh, lots of water. Um, yeah, it's going to be, you know, we're, yeah. we're really don't you overdo know, it. But, you know, still going to have a, a hell of a good time. You know what helps uh, your immune system? Getting enough sleep. 
But who wants to do that when you've got uh, all night uh, um, anime watching parties and, uh, and and room parties and things like that? Uh, I mean, fair. A lot of people have not had the opportunity to socialize with their fellow geeks. It, like I said, the last time we did this was 2019. So, I mean, there, there's a no, lot I, of catching up to do here, Sayer. I, I, I get it. Just, just like, don't but, overdo it. But Take yes. care of yourself. Sleep, shower, and stay hydrated is the biggest thing that, that I'm going to be making sure to do. Um, everybody else who's going to conventions um, coming up in the future, please make sure to do the same. Be safe. Which I mean, good fun. advice in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. But, you know, when you're thinking <laughs> more about all the fun you're going to have and, and all the different things you're going to do, just make sure to take care of yourself first and then you'll, you'll go home you know, a lot happier. Uh, aside from that, um, that's basically all I've been thinking about for the past month is going to con. So, I mean, it's a pretty big one. Well, and, well, and, and doing a concert on, on Friday and there will be a small meetup with, with a few people. Um, Nick Nar, and uh, um, Crispy from the Discord is going to also be there with, with his wife. And we're going to be going to see a, uh, a new World Final Fantasy. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Ooh. It's the third time I'll, I'll be seeing them. And uh, it's just amazing each time. So it's, it's oh. nice to see live music happening again as well. So I remember the other thing. Uh, <laughs> Spender taught me how to... Because I did manage to clear P1S a couple times, mm -hmm. uh, taught me how to look at FF logs and XIV analysis to see how terrible I am. I wasn't even running it, but someone in the party was, so mm -hmm. they got records about me. Yep. Apparently, I keep forgetting that gap closers are for damage and not for closing gaps. Uh, are you gray parsing and, and, and getting called out for it? No one was calling me out for it. And <laughs> technically, I was not the worst DPS, though the white mage did beat me. Okay, at least part of that no. was because I died. And that's fair, but again, remember that you don't your your parse does not define who you are. I mean but, a little bit. But but uh, um you know how everybody it doesn't maybe defines how everybody else thinks of who you are, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. It's part no, of the I never looked I had never looked at one of these before. It's kind of fascinating to see just how much data it all gathers. There is a lot of data. I mean, I haven't run a, a Savage in a long time, but the, a lot of extreme uh, trials would uh, people would run their uh, their FF logs for that, and I've I've found uh, my character parses in there, and uh, yeah, it's not pretty. But you know what? I, I do. I play I, the game to have fun, not to uh, parse the, the in purple. The main thing I appreciate is there's some analysis tools that focus a little on what are relatively easy things that you can do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like it noted that I'm decent at actually keeping Surging Tempest up. And so that's something I want to keep doing. But uh, it pointed out a couple issues, just like small things that uh, if I pay more attention to would help out. Yep. If you're using it for your own personal you know, betterment, that's fine. But if you're using what if I'm it... Using it what if I'm using it to look at spenders and poke him about it? That's perfectly fair because he's your best friend. There we go. As long oh. as you're not, you know, um, trying to uh, uh, tear down a, a complete stranger about their gray parse, you're fine. Yeah, I did more damage than him, but he was a scholar, so. <laughs> but yeah. he kept your ass alive. Mostly. So, except for that time you died. 
But that was your fault, bro. Uh, actually, yeah, that was, well, that was the other tank's fault, but there was still nothing he could have done about it. All right. Well, let's go ahead anyway. and jump into that game and community news. Uh, speaking of some new Final Fantasy games, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin goes live on Friday, March 18th. Um, and early reviews of the game are definitely mixed. It's currently sitting with a score of 72 out on Metacritic, which if you're not familiar with that, it's a game review aggregation site. Uh, they take a whole bunch of uh, reviews from not only the large um, game journalists out there, but uh, um, they will also take user um, reviews as well, and they'll aggregate those into two different scores. So it'll give you an idea as to how well a, a game, you know, is you know because some people may like it some people may not and this will give you a nice average of that um but um some individual site scores um rpg fan scored it as an 87 um twinfinite ign and the gamer all gave it an 80 um game bite gave it a 70 as well as GameSpot and game informer those game sites sure like to give it a 70. And then some site called uh, PlayStation uh, uh, Universe. Uh, I think I maybe heard of them somewhere at some point. They gave it a 65. Yeah, apparently, they were not as much of a fan. Apparently Gary didn't like it all that much. Well, he, he did and he didn't. It was one of those, uh, um, again, a mixed bag because there were certain things that he really did enjoy, but other pieces just did not sit quite as well for him. So... Yeah, I've been hearing that also from some friends who have been uh, playing with it. That it's like, it was everything it was promised to be, and at the same time, not really what expected. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something where they hated it, but... I will probably end up picking it up. Um, I'll probably get it on um, on PC, so I can uh, really take advantage of my uh, my computer hardware and uh, play keyboard and mouse. Maybe it'll... it'll um, resonate with me a little bit easier because the demos that I played on the PlayStation, I had difficulties with the control scheme. That was my biggest gripe on it. And, and that, and the fact that they said kill chaos every five seconds. So the mean potential was there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, otherwise people have been enjoying, you know, what it's supposed to be. There's a lot to that game. Um, and there is currently a new demo out for it. Um, if you that'll be alive for a little bit until the game releases. So if you want to give it a try, your progress does transition over into the full game if you decide to purchase it. That does seem to be a thing for a lot of game demos in general. That it effectively is the full game, but with a bit stripped down, and it allows you to carry it over. Yeah, I imagine that makes making the demo easier too. Exactly, because they're just pulling from the gold copy, and but just for certain pieces yeah. of it, and then. The rest of the game will um, join in with it when you download it and purchase it. So, so yeah, there's a bunch of uh, Final Fantasy 14 news as well. Um, Little Ladies Day is currently live until March 31st. Let me copy and paste this into the chat. Uh, it's a very stripped down quest, which I understand. They are busy working on 6.1 right now. But yeah. it's also kind of cute, and once you complete the quest, there is some additional content that will uh, give you a laugh, definitely. So you can get your uh, your, your peach and your cherry confetti um, and, and I, have at, a smile at the same time. We're at the point where we've had these events repeat enough times that... Like, the fact that they do have a original story and little thing going on with it each time is 
reasonably impressive mm -hmm. in and of itself. Oh, I, At a certain point, I would just run out of ideas of what to even do with it. I agree. It, it is, but like I said, it's just very simple. You have just a real quick uh, quest. You uh, talk with some townspeople. You do a fashion show. And then you get yourself a little uh, uh, crown. <laughs> and then you're done. So takes just a, a few minutes of your time. So if you're one of those yeah. people who has to do everything, just get her done. It's it's not so bad. I, I do appreciate uh, ha not having quite as many insane demands on my time. Yeah. I mean, not every uh, event has to be like the... Um, What's this, the the Moonfire Fair where you have this you know elaborate uh, um, jump puzzle yeah, I that you run through and I appreciate that there are some that are a little more elaborate and involved, but mm -hmm. I also appreciate that it's not all of them. Yep, understood. Um, also going on right now is the Moogle Treasure Trove, and that is uh, going until the release of Patch Six Point One sometime in mid April. Um, at this point, you can, if you missed out on it the first time, the Mama Shiba earring is uh, available again, along with a bunch of other items like the Tamamo headband, you know, from the uh, Foxy Lady Fate Chain. Um, a bunch of various mounts, some glamour items, and some housing items as well. There's uh, some really cool things available there. Um, what I'm going for, um, so I don't have to go farm up in Suzaku Extreme anymore, is to get that uh, Euphonious Kamui Fife as well as uh, the Controlled Chaos hairstyle, uh, so I don't have to spend all my uh, Sky Builder scripts on that. Well, I'm not quite sure what I, uh, what I specifically want to get. Uh, the thing that caught my eye in the items would be the uh, three late Allegan sets. These are the PvP sets that have kind of the futuristic tech suit appearance to them. Mm -hmm. uh, this time around, it's the Maiming, Striking, and Scouting set, which are all pretty much identical just with color variations. So your melee DPS jobs can have that super technological appearance. Metal Gear. Uh, I personally am waiting for the casting set, but or <laughs> either casting or healing set. But it's kind of nice to see some of those other PvP sets showing up in there. Yep. So, like I said, it's something to get people running um, main scenario roulette again, uh, some PvP. Uh, some it's of the, the usual thing. Like, it pretty yep. much comes as part of the pre-patch lol as, hey, here's a little something to do to keep you enticed to uh, come on in. As well as help the new players get through some content that might have longer queue times because everybody else has gone through it already. Or for the people who want to level up alts and, uh, you know, get, you know, run, you know, cinematorium before it gets uh, um, completely uh, redone in 6.1 which we'll talk about later on um, apparently after patch 6.08 uh, there were some issues with uh, the Steam client and people being having issues signing into the game um, apparently they found that the issue res uh, revolved around uh, players who had non alpha um non alphanumeric characters within their username the system was not designed to uh handle that but they found where they could fix that and have since patched it so people can now get signed in so if you are a steam user and uh we're still having issues you should be good to go now if not let them know but hope sounds like they've gotten a lot of the major issues taken care of yeah 
The, uh, the, at one point, the uh, temporary fix was to, to change your Steam username so it only contained uh, alphanumerics. Uh, but, well, I mean, Steam names, you can have a lot of random oh, character sets in there, so... No, absolutely. Like, it's designed under a different type. Anyways. It, who's, it, it's just kind of odd that uh, that would keep people from being able to, to sign into another system. Anyways, so we uh, did have live letter 69. Nice. Obligatory. Nice. Oh. <laughs> As always, big uh, shout out to Nova Crystallis and Gamer Escape. Uh, your coverage of the live letters uh, really helps us sift through a lot. A good, clear understanding of everything that was covered. So once again, big shout out to you. We love you guys. Yes, You're doing you great work much. and thank you for it. So patch 6.1, newfound adventure. All about? Never, hmm? I know what's going on. I'm, I've been pasting the wrong chat, uh, fucking wrong link in chat. Ah. Uh, Let's do it this way. Patch 6.1, newfound adventure, will be releasing mid-April. We've already heard a bit about some of uh, these aspects. Tataru's Grand Endeavor, the new role quest culmination. Uh... One that I had not seen before was the mention uh, in the Patch 6.1x series of Omega Beyond the Rift, uh, which has been created to bridge uh, the 6.0 main scenario content involving the Omicron with the Omega Raid series. Uh, that's I actually really appreciate that they are keeping an eye on those old stories and going back and doing the extra work to integrate them further in. Really makes it feel a lot more like a complete story there. Uh-huh. Uh, bit more about the Dragon Song's reprise, New Ultimate Duty. Uh, Masaki Nakagawa, Mr. Ozma, was the one who designed this fight. Uh, he's done a lot of Final Fantasy XIV content, said that every, he put everything he had into this ultimate trial. So you know so, it's going to be brutal. Yeah. Very much looking forward to watching that World First race. Uh... They talked a little bit about job adjustments, saying that they're going to have more details uh, in the second part of the live letter preview streams. Uh, Yoshida noted that when you've got an ultimate raid being released as well, you kind of want to avoid doing any large-scale changes in the jobs. The last thing you want is having that ultimate world race while people are also trying to figure out, okay, what does our rotation look like now? It's just messy all around. So just for the sake of the players, they try not to make too many large-scale changes at that point. Yep. So it's something that they're going to make some minor changes. They're going to see how the, the job balance works at this point, and they will continue to make adjustments in the .05 patch, the .2 patch, and throughout the game right. to make sure that everything runs as smoothly as possible without creating any weird um, yeah. issues. Oh. <sighs> Uh, various other things. Data center travel is currently slated for patch 6.18. Continue to await that eagerly. More and more people I know have been getting into the game, and they've ended up on a variety of data centers, so really, really looking forward to finally getting to join up with them. Just remember, though, this version of data center travel is only for the physical data centers, so we will not be able to travel over to the Japanese data center or the European data center, or the uh, Oceana data center. We'll be able to only go, for those in NA, I should say, we'll only be able to go to Primal, Aether, and Crystal. Uh, various other updates. They mentioned that a lot of those uh, role-playing type items, mounts, 
emotes, fashion accessories, hairstyles, that they're going to be uh, separating those into their own market board section, mm -hmm. as well as uh, giving an option to filter it to show only items that you haven't obtained. Yep. So collectors are going to have a much easier time with yep. that. It's a small quality of life change, but I know the amount of time I've spent going through lists trying to maintain checklists and the like is just aggravating. So I'm really glad that they're adding that feature. Yep. And it's going to be called True Endgame. Uh, I mean, it is. Come here, I'm not wrong. <laughs> no, sorry. I was just thinking about if I ever did go, get around to getting that parasol. I'll worry about that later. Yep. Um, also, there looks like they're going to be adding in um, uh, some oh, more yeah. new game plus. Um, patch 6.0 and a little bit of 6.1 are going to be in there right away. Um, yeah. New hairstyles for Hrothgar, which is nice to see. Um, glamour plates. We're going oh, to be getting yes. additional glamour plates. So if you, if you have used up all, was it 14 or 15 of them? 15. Yeah, I believe they're adding five more. Five more to bring it to 20. They're also changing it so that they're usable in more places, not just in the major cities. Uh, it sounds like any sanctuary location. So any of those safe locations around in Etherite, you'll be, be nice. able to use glamour plates. Because how many times have you gone and, uh, um, you know, teleported to a location because like an S rank popped and you and you realize when you get there that uh, you are wearing you're on the wrong job so you quick change but uh, you, the glamour plate that was assigned to that doesn't change with you so you look all kinds of wonky yeah Come on, glamour no, is they, true in game. You gotta look good. When they you're know what the people ranks. want, and <laughs> what the people want is to be able to wear the appropriate costume at any time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, some of those improvements to Realm Reborn MSQ they mentioned. This is extensive, uh, and and I'm yeah. and I'm surprised that they are taking on the entirety of 2.0 at this point. I imagine this is something that they've been laying the groundwork for for quite a while. Yes, I mean it sounds like they are going to be not only putting trusts in all of the uh, four-man content for the 2.0 uh, version part of the game. Um, which is all the leveling stuff, the uh, story trials, and uh, and things like that. They are completely redoing Praetorium. And, yeah. and I believe, uh, Castrum. And I think they're going to be redoing the... Uh, is, if I heard correctly, they're going to re redo the fight with uh, Rittison at uh, um, yeah, Cape so Westwind. So yes, Cape Westwind uh, will go from being an eight-person trial to a solo quest battle, which I... I really hope they take the opportunity to give back some of his former glory. Like, the man rose that far in the Garlean uh, military apparatus. He, he needs to be a bit more of a force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it was nice to, like, to see, spoilers, it was nice to see him a little bit in uh, um, some of the uh, Endwalker yeah. storylines, but... Uh... Yeah. Uh, but then Castra Meridianum uh, will become a four-player dungeon. Uh, the Praetorium is being split into three duties. Uh, most of it will remain the same, but then they're sectioning off uh, the Ultima Weapon fight and the La Habrea battle into a four-player trial and a solo quest battle, respectively. Uh, as part of that, the main scenario roulette will be adjusted to have three different uh, options, Castor Meridiana, the Praetorium, and the Porta Decumana, which would be the ultimate weapon battle. 
Uh, they had actually considered removing main scenario roulette entirely, but these dungeons are still longer than normal dungeons, even if they're shorter than the uh, previous versions of them. So that main scenario roulette does give you a bit of an extra reward for doing them. Which is good. Uh, but you're no longer going to have your, uh, um, your, your Netflix and, and gain tombstones or level up. I mean, probably still a bit, but... I, that's life. I do plan on running them when, when they go live, though, because I do want to see yeah. what the, how the changes uh, uh, um, affected yeah. everything. They uh, mentioned that the trust system for uh, 2.0 and for the later stuff is actually going to be called duty support. That trust is going to refer specifically to the system where you have those scions that you're able to level up and do all that with. Mine are uh, still stuck back in... Uh, um... Uh, what's the name of that place in on the first? Olnitzer Switch. Yep, that's the place. <laughs> Capped mine off. Even all we the way have different the, priorities. The dead ends. Hmm? Even all the way through the dead ends. We have different priorities. We do. <laughs> <laughs> but though, though uh, they, did, they did make changes to how they level, and it's much faster than what it was when I was giving it a try. So you don't have to yeah. run it twenty-seven times to get a level. Uh, they did also note that, uh, although this was something they discussed, frequently the Scions are not conveniently gathered on uh, the various places you journey. You don't happen to have all of them waiting outside Toto Rock, for instance. So for the most part, uh, your, uh, the uh, NPCs accompanying you will be Adventurers Guild NPCs or Grand Company NPCs, uh, like kind of generic soldiers or adventurers, uh, depending on which duty it is specifically. Why not just tell them to pray return to the Waking Sands? Uh, well, speaking of pray returning, they are adjusting Helk Manor, so <laughs> after that second boss, there will be a teleporter rather than everyone needing to use the return spell. Which is nice. Yeah. I was honestly kind of amused to see that one. Uh, talked a little bit about data center travel. Uh, one of the things mentioned was, so right now when you travel to another data center, you have that wanderer tag for your uh, instead of your free company. If you're traveling to a completely different data center, it will be a traveler tag. Uh, other than that, the same restrictions as the world visit system are going to imply, uh, apply. Free company chat, cross-world link shell chat, PVP teams are going to be restricted. Uh, I, I wonder, did they ever um, uh, mention, you know, if you happen to have a character on another world and with the same name, if you happen to go visit? Uh, having people with the same name is something that happens right now. Uh, you uh, might have a character on Hyperion who has a name, a particular name. You go to Excalibur and they have someone with the same name. This is part of why the names now show the server that they're on and why to send a, uh, a tell to someone, you do have to include their server name. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So that, that adds yep. an additional part to their name. Yep. So yeah, it'll be the same thing just with the server appended. Uh, Entertainingly, uh, apparently there's some stuff like in when you're doing the role-playing segments where it says you will be playing as such and such. It throws some weird exceptions if it turns out that your character has the same name as an NPC. I thought they, they disallowed that. Uh, there are a couple weird edge cases for it. Oh, maybe like a new NPC? Oh, uh, yeah, I think, I think Grahatia was one of the big ones that it happens with. Uh. Because, I mean, like... You can't restrict Tia as a Mikote male uh, name. And 
I think there are plenty of people who had the name back before he became that important of an NPC. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they did also mention that it's uh, going to be a little bit more involved than world travel, not something where you can just go up to an Aetherite and go to a new one, that you would actually uh, need to back out to the uh, title menu and the character select screen to access that data center travel. Yep. It's a bit more involved of a process. Well, I mean, that's what you have to do if you want to go to a different data center anyway. So it makes yep. sense. Huh. Uh, they, of course, are continuing with various expansions, the J uh, Japanese data center expansion. Uh, they're going to be uh, regrouping the worlds to uh, hopefully increase the maximum number of simultaneous logins. Uh, I haven't had as well, I mean, I haven't tried to log in in the past few weeks, but even before then, I wasn't seeing as much of a queue when I tried to log in, but uh, Japanese data centers might still be seeing a bit of that. I mean, I, I um, see when I sign in, I think I have about a, a 10 to 30 person queue. Yeah. About two to five minutes. But it does look like they're going to be increasing, aiming to increase that simultaneous login by about several thousand for each world. That'll be coming in July 2022. Uh, and depending on how things go, they might need to look at that for other ones. So this will kind of be a testing ground for how that'll work. Uh, relatedly, or yeah, somewhat relatedly to that, uh, they have the huge spikes in traffic have slowed down so we've got a kind of more steady stream type thing so they are looking to disable the automatic logout feature sometime in the near future though they don't have an exact date on that uh looking uh hiring uh doing some more hiring of french and german translators so it looks like they want to a bunch of other little small things like that and yeah uh they close by uh, emphasizing that patch 6.1 is going to be starting a new adventure. There'll be more information about that in the next live letter. Uh, but they really want to emphasize a lot of that excitement, that drama, and that kind of returning to those adventurer roots. So something to look forward to. All right. But it, uh, we don't have to wait until April to have ourselves a little bit of excitement because just about a week ago, uh, we had the release of Chocobo GP, which we're going to be playing and talking about a little bit tonight. And I'm currently in the middle of getting the, uh, the, the, the friend lobby set up right now. So thank you to everybody who, does, who is going to be joining us tonight. Uh, we're going to have uh, Chili, Nicknar, and Ravenheart joining in this. So I'm just getting this set up real quick here, and then I will switch... Yeah. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about some of the specifications while you're getting that set up. So it has been released for the Switch. There's two variations. Uh, there is the full game, which is a standard retail product, uh, $49.99. Uh, that gives you access to all of the different modes of the game. Uh, the large-scale 64-player tournaments, uh, local multiplayer and uh, multiplayer with uh, online multiplayer with your friends, all those different game modes. Uh, even within that one, though, there are some components of the game that require in-game currency to unlock. Uh, as usual for this type of thing, there's going to be uh, three diff different currencies. Uh, they have the 
premium currency, Mithril, which you can earn some amount of uh, a little bit at a time. You can also purchase directly with money. Uh, you have Gil, which is obtained specifically through Chocobo GP mode. That would be the large scale uh, 64 person tournaments. And you have tickets, which are obtained in a variety of different modes. Yeah. Uh, usually with systems like this, uh, the way they structure them is to encourage people to uh, play certain types. For instance, you want to have something that incentivizes people to play Chocobo GP so that you don't have as much trouble getting up to the 64 players necessary to have a tournament. Uh, side note, uh, who was the developer that did... Uh, we talked about their name earlier. Arika. Arika, uh, they previously worked on titles such as Tetris 99. Uh, Pac-Man 99. Pac-Man 99. So they do have experience with these types of large-scale multiplayer games. Uh, in addition to that, there's also a light edition, which is a free-to-play version. Uh, that one does not have quite as many of the game modes. It does include the storyline mode, as well as time attack, seasons, and custom races. It does let you play in Chocobo GP mode. It also allows you to play in local multiplayer, as long as at least one person in your friend group uh, does have the full version of the game to act Correct. as the host. But unfortunately, and what's kind of a, sad, a bummer for me tonight is the fact that uh, since Sarah has the light version, he is not able to join into an online friend um, group. So, but he's going to be our color commentator tonight and uh, watch as we go through the. I was able to set Discuss up a, custom, a little bit of the mechanics as well. So what I have set up is a, is a custom eight race uh, circuit with random maps. Um, oh, right. I've set it to kind of uh, uh, on the beginner uh, mode. There's two different modes of this. There's the beginner mode, just kind of like the 50cc if you're uh, used to Mario Kart. Um, or there's also the master mode, which is kind of more like the 100 or 150. So I'm just yeah. waiting for Ravenheart to be ready, and we will start our first race. Um, it is very right. similar. I mean, if you've ever played a kart racer like Mario Kart or, or the like, um, this is, you know, very much going to be in that vein. Um, you have yeah. your different race types. You have power-ups on the field. Um, that said, they did take a little bit more, added a little bit of Final Fantasy flavor to it. There's a lot so of we'll Final see, Fantasy yeah. flair in this. We'll see that as we actually get racing there. Raven, don't worry. I was watching Klaus, and it's not like he's a shining star here. I suck at this game, too. But you know what? <laughs> For all of its downfalls... There's still a lot of enjoyment that can be gleaned from this game. So yeah. let's let's let's. There's a couple different aspects of it, and we'll get into some of them. But I mean, it looks like we're going to be starting off with a rift through interdimensional rift Omega. I am not getting the audio, by the way. How about now? Uh, oh, I, I think I know why. Um, give me a second here. Yeah. And this would be the Final Fantasy V location, so of course we have uh, the crystal scattered throughout, the large trees. Oh, it looks like Klaus just got hit with a Doom spell, which requires you to attempt... Oh, nice move there. Which requires you to uh, work quickly to try to shake it off, or else be hit with an instant death attack. Quote unquote. Yeah, no one ever actually dies in this, but now for those of you watching on the stream, you'll notice uh, that 
when Klaus picks up an item, that it actually has uh, three different little item slots, and that sometimes <laughs> those slots. <laughs> I almost hit it again. Oh! Yeah, those slots will uh, sometimes combine. Uh, the item system in this one is called the Magicite system. Uh, as you collect those eggs, you get different spells rather than specifically items. Uh, one of the big points being that uh, your spells can upgrade depending on what types of eggs you grab. Some of the eggs will guarantee upgrade a spell if you have one. Others will start you with a level 2 spell right away. So you might have a fire spell, which throws a uh, fireball at an opponent, and as you upgrade that to the level 2 and 3 forms, you get a more powerful version of the fire spell. That may uh, be a larger ball, may move in different ways, may do a lot more damage or knock people out for longer. So there's a little bit of strategic element in terms of determining whether you should be uh, using an item right away or whether you want to save it and try to upgrade it into something more powerful. Uh, you'll also notice at the bottom left of the screen uh, there is a uh, chocobo head shaped uh, ooh, a chocobo head shaped gauge that is slowly filling up. This is a uh, thing that powers each character's individual ability, uh, in addition to the standard uh, cart specifications such as weight, handling, speed. Uh, each character has a special skill which allows them to uh, which allows them to change the tides of battle. By the way, it's the, now you should be able little, to hear the sound again. Yes, it allows them to actually to add a little bit of uniqueness to each one, gives us some of those iconic abilities. I had a yep. list of them pulled up from earlier. Again? <laughs> How random. Oh, another. Uh, this time, hyperspeed. Yep, so it's a little bit of a different uh, layout of the track, I believe. Yep. Very random. Uh. Here we go. <laughs> yep, it, it's a, it is laid out differently. Yep. Oh, you sucker. <laughs> All right, and we have an early quake spell there. Of course, the spells uh, fashioned after a lot of that classic Final Fantasy. You've got uh, attack spells like fire, ice, and lightning, as well as arrow and quake. Uh, some of those utility spells, such as Magic Barrier or Warp. The Warp one is a really interesting one in that rather than just jumping you forward, it actually creates a set of portals on the track that anyone can use and that it's possible to enter the exit portal and be flung backwards along the track. Which is really crappy when you're trying to do good. Yeah. It's... Uh, method that adds a lot of unexpected elements to this. And it makes it actually quite fun. Plus, then you get to do this! Alright, and I see you've gotten yourself a Bahamut summon. Yep, so basically it's, it's like the bullet bill uh, in uh, uh, Mario Kart. It turns you into Bahamut, lets you charge forward without being hurt. The uh, higher levels, of course, will last for longer. I do know that there's also an Ultima spell available, though only when all of your Magicite slots are filled and you continue to gain uh, power-ups after that.
And as Sarah was talking about, you can uh, upgrade your spells. As you see, I have a level three uh, warp or speed boost, which then also gives me another random spell that I can utilize. And then I have my uh, my power Ooh. up that I used right across and there's the a line. <laughs> brutal quake on Ravenheart. Sorry, Raven. brutal, cruel. Sorry. Cloud, of course, riding his iconic heart. A uh, Hardy Daytona motorcycle. Yeah, uh, the cloud um, is available through the uh, the season pass. Um, you can, you, which you have to purchase with uh, Magisite, which is the only currency in the game that requires real money. Um, the base yeah. level of that interdimensional rift again. Huh. It really likes interdimensional rift, uh, apparently. Yeah, short version this time. Yep. It might also be if you just... Oh, this, that bit looks different. Interdimensional Rift Alpha, is that different? Hmm. But uh, uh, anyway, you, that is... You can earn some for free. The issue with that yeah. is it... That can expire. Yeah, so to go into a little more detail, this is actually a common trend we've been seeing in a lot of mobile games, where they'll have something, a battle pass or something similar, a period of a few days or several weeks, uh, where you are uh, earn points by playing the game, and as you earn those points, you uh, get rewarded with various prizes. There will often be two tracks of prizes, one that's available for free, and then a second track that is only unlocked if you spend uh, the premium currency. In this case, of course, you do earn some free mithril, so theoretically it's possible to access that, but generally you can't consistently uh, get the uh, bonus uh, track without needing to pay real money at some point. Uh, in this particular, in the current season, of uh, Squall is available as uh, one that can be gotten with Gil, so uh, Gil earned from playing the 64-player uh, mode. Uh, Cloud is available only on the uh, premium Season Pass track. Which, again, you can use free, uh, the free Mithril for this, but it's not something where you can necessarily hoard it uh, waiting for, down the road for uh, other characters to show up. I forget the exact time frame. I want to say it's something like 90 days. And they made it sound like it's something that'll be available again. Yeah, that is always one of the concerns with this type of time-limited uh, content, whether there'll be another chance to obtain it. I mean, if I was someone who came to the Final Fantasy series and then was told, hey, you can never get Cloud because you weren't playing this game when it was first released. It'd be kind of bit annoying. Of a disappointment there. Yeah. At the same time, if it's something that's freely available throughout, uh, they don't have the time limit aspect that they often count on to encourage people to go for those premium ones. Yeah. I get why the pricing model exists. Uh, it doesn't mean we have the, to agree with it. Yeah. One of the big things with not just the paid season pass, but with the concept of a battle pass. Oh. Zoso. I, yep. One thing you'll yes. notice that the music for each track matches the location. Yeah, they do have race themed versions of the different tunes. I really appreciate that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, one thing that I know doesn't necessarily get discussed as much is that 
even with uh, with any type of battle pass thing, not just the season pass, one of the goals is to have it where you're playing a bit each day, where you're a kind of a repeat uh, visitor. Yep. It's, Which it, they want to incentivize people continuing to play the game, you know, especially the when they have a mode like uh, Chocobo GP, which requires 64 people to complete the mode. So, yeah. Now, these types of mechanics, uh, they do uh, can encourage mindsets that often lead to more addictive behavior. Uh, I know there's often, especially for something like this, where say you can only earn a certain number of points per day, there's a feeling of if you miss a day. It's not just that you fail to make progress, but that you somehow lost something, lost an opportunity or something like that. FOMO. So it's a, yeah, absolutely. So that can be a thing that really creates a strong psychological pressure to play. Uh, it's absolutely effective, oh. which is why, You'll which see is why so many. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm watching the match on a little bit of a time delay because otherwise trying to set it up with just really technically complicated and it made things look a little bit odd so yeah. unfortunately we're dealing with what we can you know technical limitations technical difficulties please stand by yeah uh, oh got yourself a nice magic barrier there yeah i really do appreciate the strategic element of the upgrading magicites Like, that is the bit I feel that, like, uh, otherwise it feels like a reasonably standard racer, but that's the bit that turns is like, okay, there's an interesting strategic element here. The bit of, like, a lot more reasons why one might choose to hold a spell and use it at a later time. Yeah, that is actually a, a really interesting mechanic of the game. Um, if you look at uh, Mario Kart, you have different... Um, weapons and items that you can gain through the through uh you know playing it you know hitting the question boxes um and in some games it allows you to have two different items um but you cannot combine them and make them into a more powerful version of itself you're it's all rng based on what you get here you can be a little more strategic and improve the quality of the items that uh, that you are using Especially since uh, the color of the egg uh, determines whether it's going to be a single item, a level 2 spell, or a potential upgrade to a spell. So there's a little more strategy in terms of which box you aim for. Ah! Went oh, yeah. a little wide there. I, I get why they have a lot of these systems, and I mean... So having uh, some type of kart racer, especially when they, uh, this is the... Is this actually Square's uh, first foray into this style of game? I don't know. It might be. Uh, got ourselves a portal there. Very nice. Uh, so I know for something like, say, like Mario Kart, that has a name recognition that you're going to get plenty of people, that you're going to have a dedicated fan base for a long time, and so your online multiplayer isn't, uh, is going to have lots of people in it. Matching isn't going to be nearly as much of an issue. For something that's not as established, you may have like the paid version with all stuff, 
but you don't know if you're going to necessarily be able to get enough people into it. And so one of the ways to help ensure that is to offer that free version, which is going to have those things that incentivize playing the, uh, ooh, nice, which is going to have those things that incentivize playing the, uh, uh, GP64 mode. And I mean, on its own, if you're not worrying about getting a special character or any of that other stuff, if you're just playing, it's a fun little racer that has lots of Final Fantasy elements. If you're not seeking out your favorite character or other things like that, it's fine. It's And for something that you get to, uh, to download and play for free, it's not bad at all. So like, I understand where all of those different decisions came from. Uh, yeah. That one was a fun track, I have to say. The, the way oh. that uh, the the corners worked with with the sliding on that one, it it actually felt really smooth. Okay, there was a Chocobo racing game on PS One. Chili oh. reminds us. Okay, so like how many generations back? Long time it's ago. It's not nearly as much of a franchise. At least I finished in front of Chili that time. <laughs> but oh, uh, I, I, Nick Nar <laughs> is still a lot. He's he's doing a lot of Chocobo GP um, at the actual 64 person races. So, yeah. So I can understand you want to make sure that the people who are buying the game, that you're providing them something that wow. isn't going to. Did you get you got <laughs> this time? It's the long version. How many tracks have you unlocked? Uh, apparently not enough. Well, actually, I've I've gone. Th I'm in uh, part seven of the story, or chapter seven. So. Yeah, I saw you racing in Alexandria earlier. Yep. Oh, you suck. Go for Ultima. Go for Ultima. No, I want to send that up against uh, Nicknar first. Okay. I just want to see Ultima. Actually, I think it went up to Chili, so... Oh, yeah? <laughs> Oops. Well, I do love that version of the uh, dimensional rift music. Yeah, I know you've mentioned a couple weirdnesses with the controls. And we'll, I'll get more into that once we're uh, done playing the game. Yeah. It's, it's, it is yeah, difficult to Yeah, maybe not while you're discuss. in the midst of racing. <sighs> and, ooh. We've got quakes all over the place. Reaper's flying right and left. Yeah, it does retain that super cuddly, cute chocobo aesthetic. Ah, that was a waste of a, a boost. Yeah, some of these spells, of course, uh, allow for some really interesting combinations. I remember earlier watching <coughs> 
uh, Cloud Center race where two people put warps down one in front of the other. And so people who entered the first one popped out of the exit, which the exit of the second one was right in front of, and so went in and got sucked right back. And the thing ended up being a massive time waste. It was hilarious. Yeah. As someone who was watching it, it was pretty funny. I tried not to laugh too much because it looked kind of brutal for Klaus, but... Unfortunately, Nicknar was way too far ahead for, to, for me to catch him. Damn, Nicknar. You're good at this. We're gonna have to give him like a, make him use just one hand or something. You can only use one Joy-Con now, Nicknar. <laughs> Chili is mentioning that at the moment, Chocobo is considered one of the best characters. Chocobo and Terra. Yeah, I did see Terra earlier, right? Racing in her Magitek armor. Um, Terra is is uh, a good one. I like. I'm using Cloud because I like his agility. Um, but yes, Chocobo is probably the uh, most well-rounded. Ooh, the big bridge. Yes, the short version. How big a bridge can it be if it's a short version? Well, there's multiple bridges or multiple parts of the bridge. This is actually a very I, fun uh, track. I would expect no less for the big bridge. It splits. Oh. That's one, oh, of the, you can see. one of the things I like about this one is the fact that it is, you know, multiple paths. And you can see X-Death's castle in the distance. Perfect. Oh, there's Syldra! Yeah, I can... I actually have the heads... Oh, Fork Tower! Yeah, I actually have the time and wherewithal to notice more of these details right now. Yes. I'm just trying to catch up to Nicknar. <laughs> I mean, last I saw, he's loaded up with a pretty good spell, so... Yeah, those crystals that you're picking up, in addition to enabling your speed, they also do fill a gauge that lets you work towards those ticket rewards. But yeah, something that allows you to, that enc strongly encourages you to play a bit each day rather than just do one big binge tends to be more effective in creating those habits and creating Aww. that addictive behavior. I was much closer to him that time. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> As you can see, the game actually is fun. Yeah. It's, it's a good time. Um, I hope that you're all having fun, you know, watching it. Um, listening to me commentate on various aspects. It, it, it does. I don't know if this is actually interesting for you people. Well, I guess uh, we're hoping it <laughs> is, but 
We're trying something new tonight, so bear with us. But do let us know if it's something that you uh, find interesting. For those of you listening on the podcast, you know, the audio feed, it may not be as interesting. and it's gonna Which be is why you should join us. Live at Twitch.tv slash Phoenix Star Radio. Yeah. Listen to me commentate oh, about game design. This is the last one, and it's the Gold Saucer. Ooh. Penner looks very Rainbow Roadish. Oh, yeah. It's totally got that color scheme going on. Oh. And there's from the speed square. Oh my God, it actually kind of looks like the Chocobo track at the Gold Saucer in FF7. The Ghost Hotel. Mog House! You can see the Mog House arcade game. Oh my gosh, there's little references hidden all over there. Oh, Raven, I'm glad you're having a good time. Oh, we both got hit there. <laughs> oh, big fire wave. That's uh, Ifrit's. Ah! <laughs> so now we use oh! this. That's why I said it, it kind of uh, gives uh, Rainbow Road vibes. It wouldn't be a Rainbow Road uh, type if you didn't plumb it at least four or five times. Nice warp. <laughs> that was lucky. Lucky? What are you talking about? That was planned. <laughs> there it was. Oh, that wasn't planned. Oh. Oh. Some of the car, like, just looking at, at some of them, looking at that strange lightning rod festoon uh, one Ramu's driving. They're definitely keeping the aesthetic of the Chocobo games here. The entire thing has a bit of a goofy, silly feeling that's oddly appealing. Oh, that corner. Holy crap, that's evil. Oh. Oh, Mandragoras. How did they take the gold saucer music and make it even more frenetic? Got to catch up to Ravenheart. Oh, that was a nice warp that you used right there. Mm-hmm. Nicely done. Well timed. Yeah, the warp as a way to shortcut some of those awkward track segments is kind of interesting. Yeah. And where where they put it? Oh, just nice. No, that was like that was masterfully executed. Well done. Yeah, because if I had tried to go gone for it and missed, yeah, I would have just fallen off the edge.
<laughs> that is one of the interesting things about the warp. Like, you come out of it not necessarily with the curving or drifting that you'd want to be doing. All right. And we got ourselves a Black Mage Festoon Chocobo on the winner's podium there. Damn you, Nick Nar! Bob, well done. But that is the oh. uh, the, the um, online mode with uh, you know basically creating a friends um, invitation list. So you can invite as many friends as you as you have, and uh, as long as they own the full game, they can use that mode. Otherwise, there's there is local co-op available as well. I'll go through some of the different modes here real quick. So as you see, I created a friend match with where I created the lobby, or you can enter a lobby if you've been uh, given a code for oh, one. I was wondering about that. I noticed there was that license plate on Squall's card. It's the one that he drives at the end of disc one when he's uh, uh, doing the assault on the Sorceress Parade. I was wondering about that. All right, so Chocobo GP, this is the large 64 player mode. Um, random people on the internet that you're playing against. Um, 8v8v8, you have to finish in the top four in order to advance to the next round. Multiplayer, where we were just at, has, you know, not only the online mode, but the local multiplayer, where you can play with people on your same network, so. Oops, that's not what I wanted to do. A cute little song. Um, the shop, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, the story mode. Time attack, which allows you to uh, go after different uh, um, speed records on different tracks. The series, which is going to be like your your cup races. This is where you you know go into four races and you try and uh, finish as high as you can, a la like the uh, Mushroom Cup, Star Cup from Mario Kart. And then custom racing, where you can uh, um, set up your own parameters for a race. Yeah. Time Attack series and custom races are available to the free players, along with, I believe, the first few chapters of the story? I don't think it's the full story. I'm not 100% certain, but I know you do have story mode available to you. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the biggest issue with the game. Yeah. This is the one that mostly comes up in the reviews because, again, it's the bit that's been kind of controversial. It's the monetization of a paid game. And it's not a nickel and dime thing. Magicite can get kind of expensive. Yeah, right now we are looking at the ticket shop. There are, of course, three different currencies, each with their own shop. Ticket shop seems to be mostly... So you've got racers that you can unlock and then some of those cosmetics. Yep. Um, the mithril shop, sorry, not Magicite. The mithril shop is the, um, the real world money variant. Um, for instance, if we want to see how much it actually costs, you know, you can go into the store. I'm not going to do that right now because it requires me to sign into my Nintendo account. I really don't want to do that right now. Um, I believe it's $10 for a thousand mithril. I will actually go ahead and verify that. Is, is the rough uh, cost of it. There is currently a promotion where you can get um, 800 yeah. mithril for $7.99 with a bonus 800 mithril for free. And then there's a, a 200 mithril pack for 199 with a bonus 200 mithril for free. So you're basically getting half price mithril. So you can get 2,000 mithril for uh, 10 bucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
The cheapest one is 10 bucks for a thousand mithril. So about a buck gets you a, a hundred. Mm -hmm. And then the most expensive pack is 82 bucks for a little under 12,000 mithril. Yep. They, they do give you some bonus the more you buy, but that's a lot of it's money. A it's a $84. Yeah. That one, that one ends that's up being a collector's about, edition game. That ends up being about a buck 40 per hundred mithril or no, 140 mithril per dollar. Yeah. So like, technically more efficient but also yeah you are outputting a lot at that point and you're using it to purchase your season pass at this point there's all this it looked like there's other stuff that's there available is, with but mithril, but that is the number one thing people are going to purchase you know whether it's in the free game and you and you buy the base uh pack for 800 dollars, or if yeah. you have the full game they give you the privilege of buying the uh the uh the boosted pack for 2400 mithril which boosts you up to level 60 and yes yeah. i did that but yeah chili uh mentions that uh there was a some apology mithril for a technical issue and that you do get some amount free per login as mentioned that mithril does eventually expire it's only the paid one that is permanent mm -hmm. i want to say the expiration time is somewhere around like three months but it does mean that it's not necessarily as feasible to hoard it for a long time waiting for the one specific thing you want Correct. it sounds like they want to encourage people to use it and to play and to not necessarily hoard it i mean if you're only Which getting 200 mithril a month for free yeah. i mean you can you might be able to get your your season pass once every four months yeah so they're oh. they are really really trying to get people to put more money into this game that we've already put 50 dollars into yeah so that is the I number mean, one complaint yeah i am not quite sure how much of that was necessarily the intent on the design there's a lot of other dynamics going on as i mentioned there's the whole having a free version that will encourage people to play so that you keep having uh your uh six your 64 man races actually have enough players mm -hmm. if you if it's not an established property that might be something that they're very worried about they get a bunch of people who started and then a lot of them drift off after the first week or two and then those who are really enthusiastic about it start to feel burned because they uh, only got so much time before they couldn't find races i am reasonably sure that's a scenario they're trying to avoid uh, and it, this way has the peripheral benefit of, hey, you have people who will spend money that they may not have otherwise, but it does also come off as a bit of a money grab. Uh, given that stuff like Pac-Man 99 and Tetris 99 did not have these kinds of microtransactions, and that we've seen these sorts of things in a lot of other Square Enix game, mobile games recently, uh, I know a lot of people are worried about this kind of uh, mindset and design coming to uh, more games, and it's something that they're concerned about. So yeah, that that is, you know, kind of our thoughts on the game. Yeah. Like I said, it's fun, it's cute. It's not without problems. Yeah. If it's something where you just want to have fun racing and you're not necessarily attached to, I must get this particular thing, uh, you can get the free or uh, paid. And if you've got a group of friends that you enjoy playing with, it might be worthwhile for someone to get the paid version and then you do local multiplayer together yep. or for several of you to get it if you're online friends. Exactly. But once you do start getting to the point where you really care about, okay, this character is my waifu or husband, oh, I need to have them. Okay, I really want to get all these collectibles, stuff like that. That is the point where it starts being susceptible to some of these more predatory practices. 
I'm just glad they don't have a gotcha option in this. <laughs> that would be um, the, my. I would be very angry if 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 the um, new racers were were gotcha style. I did see uh, Octopath Traveler apparently is having a game that will be co uh, coming to mobile, and that one, yep. uh, I believe, like it says something like sixty four characters at launch. So there's no way there's not gotcha in that. Exactly, and, and that's something that Square Enix does with its mobile properties. Is it is very very RNG based as to how you get your uh, your units. I I mean, that's a thing for the industry in general at this point. Yeah. I don't like it, but it also brings in the big bucks. So I understand why a lot of other people, a lot of uh, companies that otherwise might be like, we don't necessarily like doing this, will take a deep breath, hold their nose, and rake in the cash. I mean, it's, it's m more, it's, I'm not going to say it's fine. But it's it's more of a standard practice for mobile. The fact that they're putting it into a console game—that's what I think. What has a lot of people turned off, as far as yeah. the, the microtransactions. I mean, yeah, the Switch kind of exists in a weird spot on uh, that. Whether it's like a portable, portable mobile, portable and mobile are kind of different. It are they there? Yeah, they're different. I feel like that line's getting blurred at this point. But, but yeah, I think there's a bit of a concern that seeing this migrate onto other type of systems that's no longer just the province of phone games. But well, we'd like to hear your thoughts. I mean, have you played Chocobo GP? What are you, what do you enjoy it? What things do you think need to be improved? What things do you really really like about it? And hope that they keep in there and just double down on. Um, just let us know. You can tweet at us uh, at phxdn radio on Twitter. You can email us podcast at phxdnradio.com. Um, you can hit us up in the Discord and uh, and, oh. and and chat with us there. So, and Chili uh, just redeemed a highlight message that he posted a video on Twitter where during the race he was in sixth place, and then the race randomly ended and it said that he was third. Wow, that's crazy. I wonder if there's just some kind of glitch with the online thing. I know that sometimes when there's disagreement between what the client sees and what the server is getting reported to it, you can get those weird effects. Yep. Who knows? It, it could just be a, like a, like you said, a weird uh, a network yeah. thing. If it was a GP race, especially, um, or yeah. if it was just a random race, who knows? But I know it's especially the case for fighting games. But for any kind of online game, they live and die by their net code. So that's something that I'm sure they're going to be keeping an eye out for uh, and deploying fixes and patches as necessary. Right. Oh, and he mentions that is also his character had the crying animation, but the victory music was playing. So it was a little <laughs> bit of a weird situation. Talk about melancholy. But I think. But that... it wasn't first. What do you mean A minus? And on that <laughs> bombshell, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode, guys. If you liked what you heard, please consider to uh, like, subscribe, or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is, and if possible, leave us a rating or review. It not only lets us know how we're doing, but it helps other people find our show. If you really dig this show, please consider subscribing to us here at twitch.tv slash phoenixstarradio, where you get access to a number of subscriber-only emotes and badges. Um, or you can uh, uh, join us out on patreon.com and support us out there like our benevolent overlord Rory Fenrir or our shadowy foreign investor Tibby and Salts. Um, all the proceeds that go towards growing the show, cover things like uh, hosting costs, allow us to, to uh, do some giveaways, uh, improve our equipment, you know, some fun stuff and, and some important stuff. Um, it, it's, it's nice to when we, you guys are able to 
help us, you know, keep the show going. Um, but any kind of support, whether it's likes, tweets, retweets, follows, subs, whatever, it's all greatly appreciated. Uh, we really do love interacting with you guys and doing fun stuff like this. Um, like I said, if you want to check out our backlog of uh, episodes, you can go out to our website, phoenixstormradio.com. Like I said, if you have questions, suggestions, comments, um, feedback, you can email us, podcast at phoenixstormradio.com. Um, and for those of you listening out on the podcast, I do recommend going out to youtube.com slash phoenixstormradio and watching the video version of this if I can figure out a way to cobble it together. Yeah, That's those glitches were not great. It might end up being a, a three videos going up. <laughs> or maybe we can just do like a highlights reel or something. We'll figure something out. Um, other, or you can always uh, check out the VODs on Twitch. So, <laughs> uh, Any shout outs, uh, Mr. Birthday Boy? All right, yes. So first off, shout out to all of you who have wished me a happy birthday today. Very much appreciated. My birthdays tend to be fairly quiet and low key, but I always really appreciate those of you who remember me and wish me well on it. It, it really is nice. Thank you. A special shout out to my friends uh, Jay and Kelly, who have organized a trip for this uh, weekend. Uh, Partly my birthday, partly also celebrate the spring equinox, where we're going to have a nice beach bonfire. They apparently even made a cake. I'm looking forward to it. Ooh, cake. Yeah. I like cake. Hmm. And yes, a shout out to all of you who gathered with us tonight. Uh, honestly, doing the commentating, talking about what was going on, I had a lot of fun with it. Just getting to uh, talk about whatever came to mind. I, I was having a blast. I don't know about you guys. New future for you? <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure everyone already knows I like talking. Well, that's the reason why you're on the podcast. To shut me up. Woo! <laughs> oh, so yes, shout out to all you wonderful people. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF14Sayer. That's F-F-X-I-V-S-E-Y-R-R. Uh, I also regularly monitor... Almost any of the discords that have a lore form at this point. I've kind of just been stalking Anonymous. He knows. He doesn't mind. It's great. Sarah the lore whore. I like talking. People need information. Oh. See, Nicknar, I could hit my mute, but I would still be talking. You just wouldn't get to hear it. And what a loss for mankind that would be. Mm -hmm. Thank you for not immediately collapsing into laughter. Huh. All anyway, right, I think that's about all I've got. So, Klaus, how about you? Shout out to the birthday boy. Again, happy birthday. I really hope you have a, a wonderful time celebrating with your friends this weekend. Um, shout out to Nick Nar, Raven, and Chili for joining me in the race today. I hope you guys had fun. I hope you guys enjoyed watching it. Um, shout out to... Uh, um, Everybody at Anime Detour coming up this weekend. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody there, having a good time, uh, getting into my cosplays again, and uh, just, you know, having a good time. Hopefully, we'll get some cool pictures. I am going to be bringing cameras uh, so we can maybe get some interesting uh, um, videos out of it. We'll, we'll see how it all goes. I'm just, I'm I've just... seen some of your back and forth in the Discord planning it, and i got to say, like, I'm a little excited, and I'm nowhere near the place. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you should always really plan on coming up sometime. Maybe once oh. the world settles down a little bit. I do get more vacation time now. Exactly. So I should check if there's a cap on that. Anyway. And uh, if you can uh, 
you'll definitely want to follow me out on Twitter at PHXDN underscore K-L-A-U-S-S, where I will be posting some of the fun stuff from this weekend. So make sure to look at look for that. Uh, so for my co-host, Sarah Timono, I am Klaus Nyperger, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for sticking around through all of the shenanigans tonight, and we will see you on the next one. Take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of phoenixdownradio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash guiltygearrocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarWanker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash guitarwanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.